For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 193, 192 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. We're going to talk about Star Wars this evening. As we do most evenings. Most evenings. Who, who knows what else will happen. Uh, right now, I'm just hoping that Jesse and I don't get twirled up by a tornado. I sure hope that doesn't happen as well. Oh my god, can you imagine? Last episode of Blue Harvest. I don't know how it'd get posted. So I guess... I guess people really wouldn't hear it. If I got twirled up in the middle of the podcast. If it got broadcast, somebody would have it. Oh yeah, if it was broadcast, that's different. But <laughs> me and the computer go, like up in a tornado, then yeah, it's, I'm not going to post that shit while I'm you'd, you'd flying go to around Oz. in the end. You'd uh, be like, you'd you land imagine? in Oz with your podcast gear. I don't know how long it would take for me to be like, guys, can we stop with the singing? My head hurts. You're so loud. <laughs> He's, you got to follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> okay. I, can we just talk? Can we just like have a conversation? I don't want to like. And Walter I'm, White would be there instead of Toto yeah. in your little basket, your yeah. little picnic basket. I'm down with all of that. They better get me two different size. Ruby slippers, you know what I mean? Put a build up mm-hmm. on one of them. Ruby sneakers. As soon as they as soon as I dropped in and got the Ruby slippers, I have the to be newest like, Jordans red sequins. Nah, I just make them slippers. I don't give a fuck. You want slippers? <laughs> you want like like uh like Hugh Hefner no. slippers house shoes? No, like uh fuzzy Chewbacca. No, so they'd be okay. red like fuzzy royal guard slippers with the big right. plush head on the end. I'd be like, guys, can just tell me where I need to go, man. Don't give me all the information and song. Like, yeah, they're catchy, and like those guys on the Lollipop Guild are badass. But come on, guys, you're telling me that if you got transported to Oz, uh-huh. like against all odds, like you end up in Oz and you re- you're irritated with them for singing at you. I mean, at first, uh, the shock, you know, like. 
Dorothy sure isn't shocked very much. You know what I mean? When she shows up in Oz, she's just she just kind of goes with it. She's like, oh, wow, everything's in color now. Crazy. Yeah. When your life's been black and white, your eyeballs don't know what color was. Right. So I'm sure there would be a a moment of shock and like trying to be like, oh, so clearly I'm dead. And this is the last synapse, you know, like my last brain synapse is firing. And for some reason, instead of putting me in Star Wars and the last moments of brain activity, it, it put me in the Wizard of Oz. And then like, I don't know, probably about halfway through the first what's the first jam like what's the first song in the wizard of oz um the lollipop guild right mm-hmm. and we welcome you to Munchkinland. i think about halfway through that i'd be like guys you're so friendly and helpful but can we just talk <laughs> like can you just point at in some the direction point, at some point they're gonna start expecting me to join in right and you'd come across the scarecrow, and it would be Johnny Grasso. <laughs> okay, all right, I see that. I see that Johnny Grasso is the scarecrow. Uh, who's the Tin Woodsman? Uh, the Tin Woodsman would be Jesse. Jesse's the Tin Woodsman. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm all oiling her up. She's got the axe. Okay, 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 okay. Who's the Cowardly Lion? Jason. Jason Ward. I was mm-hmm. gonna say, well, where do you fit in all this? He was looking for some nerve. I'm one of the monkeys. I'm the evil monkeys. Why would you do? Why, would you, why would you be there? Why would you be one of the bad guys? I don't know. Because being a flying monkey would be awesome. And I'm talking Dorothy. about Walter's Toto. You could be a flying monkey. Uh oh, hard run. And I'd be uh those big guys that are guarding the witch that are saying Oreo, <laughs> oh. And then they're like, I didn't realize the witch was bad. Poppies, poppies. What once was a Star Wars podcast has now, has now become, become the Wizard of Oz podcast. The pre- premier Frank Baum podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the first episode. We're talking about the most famous adaption of one of his novels. What's your feelings on Return to Oz? Uh, I don't know. I I like it. I know it's... It's, it's just... You know, you don't know. It, for someone that hasn't read the books and has only experienced the movie, they I don't think they get it. Right. Or have a hard time getting it. Well, it's very different. I mean, it's so, I mean, light and day different. But I like Return to Oz, okay? What'd you think about that? What'd you think about the Wicked stuff? I, you know, I'm not familiar. Jesse loves it. Like, yeah, she loves stuff. Wicked. I'm not familiar it's... with it. Not because I'm like, no, fuck w- Wicked. It's just never been like a route I've gone down. Um, what'd you think about that James Franco Wizard of Oz piece? Oz the Great, wasn't that? Didn't he do an, an Oz movie? You know, I haven't seen that one. I know which one you're talking about, where he's like the young Oz, uh, the young Oz. Yeah, when he he crashes to Oz. I haven't seen it. I'd like to. I don't know that I've seen it either. Anyways, uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com 
slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. We have a Patreon page. And guess what, guys? Poor Jesse went to the the post office this week and mailed off a big stack of Patreon rewards for our subscribers that have hit their sixth month mark. And you should see the receipt. She came. I didn't know receipt paper rolls were this long. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> so, guys, hopefully you guys will be getting those. They'll get to you safe and sound. Um, if you want your own, like, Blue Harvest grab bags or shirts or just extra content every Monday, why don't you check out patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. We've got a bunch of bonus shows. We post one every Monday. We just got done with a spicy, so spicy, recording of Blue Harvest Adventures. Oh, man. It, I had heartburn afterwards. That I had to fun. take two Tums. That was... I've I've enjoyed uh, I've enjoyed recording every one of those episodes, but to me, that was peak pen and paper role playing right there. I mean, it was the climax. It, it was, was so the climax good. of the adventure. Not for good, but for like chapter two. Yeah, yeah. chapter yeah, chapter yeah. Mm. So and be sure to boy, check those out. Did it climax? Um. Uh, our new show, Masters of Harvest Kasi, has its first episode up with our buddy King Tom. Cooking with Will. Oh no, it's Hall Solo Jaws. Uh, Steel and I just recorded a Star Wars Year by podcast, which will be coming at you soon. Uh, lots of stuff to look forward to on the old Patreon. So once again, patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast. Check out the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Lots of amazing podcasts. Now this is podcasting. Steel Wars, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, The Sith List, Tarkin Stop Shelf, Idiots Array, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. Cargo Hold. And there we go. little Wizard of Oz business, then a little Blue Harvest business. That's a one-two punch. So... I find it slightly fucked up <laughs> that since 2012, when Disney bought Star Wars, uh, I wouldn't say every day, but there's just been so much Star Wars news. And you know what has not, there has not been much news about um, in those preceding years and for like six years before it was any word on a new tool album or anything like that, right? There was more. Are you saying you've had nothing to look forward to? No, in no. these long years. No, what I'm saying is, it's fucked up that there was more tool news this week than Star Wars news. There was actually tool news this week, not a lot of Star Wars news. I w- I didn't <laughs> do a great job explaining that. What was the tool news? Oh, they're uh, they're doing a tour, a fairly big one. They're coming to Birmingham. In May. That's going to be cool. Yeah, buddy. You know I'm excited. I know you are. Um, that was the first show I ever went to see. With me? Cool. Yep. With you. It was a good time. Went with our buddy Jeff. In Memphis. Um, anyways, uh, they and it looks like their album is coming sometime soon. 
There's no release date. There's no title, anything like that. But it seems like it might actually be done. So we'll see. That'll be exciting. Uh, let's talk about Star Wars news, even though there isn't a whole lot of it. Uh, this week, they announced that Friday of Celebration, which is April 12th, is going to be the Episode 9 panel. So they announced the Episode 9 panel. However, no news. No tight Like, that was just it. They're like, Friday, April 12th, it's Star Wars Celebration, Episode 9 panel with J.J. Abrams. And you'll... Uh, he's going to talk about Episode 9. So no title. You know. At this point, I think it's... I kind of feel like if they were going to announce the title before Celebration, they would announce, they would wait to announce the panel. So I think they'll announce the title at that panel. You see what I'm saying? I see, yes. I'm not doing a great job of it. Help me out here, buddy. I'm struggling. You got to be all oh, like, I, I don't know how much I can help. me. When I mean, you can lean on me strong, all you want to. Now be your friend. I'll help you carry on. Call on me, William, when you need a hand. Come on, buddy. Oh, I'm here. All right. I hear you. <clears throat> so, yeah, episode nine title or uh, panel. Friday afternoon or not afternoon probably morning I'm struggling <laughs> um which isn't that ex- surprising like it makes a lot that of you're sense struggling oh no that is definitely not surprising <laughs> that, is, that is definitely not surprising I'm sorry I'm sorry it was the easy oh. easy thing I feel like we should start the whole thing over. <laughs> no, let's keep going. Um, it's, you said it's in the morning? I, I, as far as I know, they didn't announce a time, but typically the big panels at Celebration sort of kick off their respective day. So episode okay. nine panel will probably be... Because for the big ones especially, if they're going to have people sleeping overnight and waiting in line overnight, you want to do that first off. Like get all those people into the panel and then... So they like at seven a.m., seven or eight a.m. I can't remember what time the last Jedi panel was at. It was either like maybe nine or ten. They started. Was there anything before it, or it was the first thing? It was the first thing. I got you. So they started handing out wristbands. So we waited in line all night, and then at like six in the morning, they started handing out wristbands. And then once you get your wristband, you go into another line and you wait in line until they let you into, at least this is how it was in Orlando. They let you into the, uh, like the room where they were having the panel. So craziness. Yeah. Dude. I, waiting in line overnight to get, to get it, into a, you know, if you were going to celebration, you would be having to do it though. I know, I know I would. I At least would. once. Like, I would be like, Will, you got to try this. You got to see what this is all about. Because it is 80% fun. 85% fun, even. But that other 15, 
like if you're not if if you're awake f- for the whole thing and don't like sleep in line or something at least for me that shit got rough towards the end and then like yeah the adrenaline of holy shit it's the episode nine panel or episode eight panel we're gonna see the teaser there's daisy ridley you know what i mean like that right whole thing sort of gets you back going but dude i don't know that i've had a deeper sleep than i did after the episode eight panel so we got out of the panel we dropped johnny grosso off at his hotel went to our hotel we were starving so we ate taco bell like in the car barely awake and then slept for a little while and i think that night was like the big making star wars party right so we basically slept from then until we needed to get up and go ready get ready for that and i've never slept harder and woken up more feeling more refreshed than after being up for like I don't know, 36 hours straight or something dumb. I guess it all it takes is a last Jedi panel to give you those good. <laughs> yeah. Baby like Z's man. I was out immediately. Um, so yeah, episode nine panel. That'll probably be where we get the trailer, get the title, you know, maybe some character names for some of the new, um, actors and stuff. So lots to look forward to. And, it's less than a month, but I hope this strategy pays off. I hope it really does have people like super interested and whipped into a frenzy. I'm ready to see people be real excited. You know what I mean? Right. Did you see the surprise Avengers trailer today? I did. Yeah, where they're all wearing like the white uniform. Yeah, that, I think I dig That's that. That's crazy. I dig those yeah. white suits. That shit looks cool. Um, Thor's like I like her. When I'm talking about Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. Yeah, that's right. um, yeah. Interesting. Like, as far as I know, I'm not obviously like as big on following the Marvel information as like Star Wars, but I don't think there was any hint of that trailer coming out today beforehand. Really? Yeah. Like it. It wasn't like oh, even a hint of like oh, watch out for tomorrow. There's something really cool coming. Nothing like that. It was a pretty good trailer, too. It was good. <laughs> I'm I'm ready for that movie. I got to see Captain Marvel first. It certainly doesn't give much away. No, and I think that's a real good idea. So I still think like that's probably a lot of like early moments, like early on in the movie stuff. Hmm. Cause you got to figure a lot of those heroes are coming back. The guy I mean, you think you'd have to think, right? The fact that you know I won't see Spider Man or Doctor Strange in this next movie at all is like what? It may not be until like the very end, like the last right. bat. Like they're all brought back for one big last battle. But for some reason, I thought that Doctor Strange's old buddy would have something to do with. What is his name? Yeah, the guy that um, stays at the... The actor is like Chiwetel Ejiofor or something like that. Oh. And uh, I forget his character's name, though. It's like Mordo or something like that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Where he went off his own way. Because um, he seemed fairly powerful. 
Yeah, he did. And so. skilled in the arcane arts. Speaking of episode nine, another end to a saga. Much like uh, Endgame is going to be an end to some sort of... I mean, come on. Those Marvel movies are going to keep going until they literally don't make them a single dollar. They so, are, but I don't think they're going to keep going with Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man no, and the rest of the Avengers. I don't think they are. I think there's going to be B-team Avengers. I don't even think they'll be... I mean... Not B-team, but like, you know, like... There version will be, 2. Yeah. I wouldn't say B-team either because, man, like... Man is Black Panther popular. Black Man's, Panther, Spider-Man. Yeah, it seems like Captain Marvel is picking up some serious I mean, steam. It did really well over the weekend. And if Disney really does acquire the X-Men, they can throw whatever X-Men they want in the Avengers. Because I'm pretty sure all the X-Men were in the Avengers at some point. Fantastic Four. There's Fantastic Four, that's true. You know, that deal, I think they're saying that deal is going to be done next week. Be interesting that's to see how cool. that goes. Yeah. So, we have a, a special segment on the show called the Oscar Meyer Watch. Oscar Meyer. And old Oscar Isaac himself popped up in the Star Wars news realm this week. Because he is out promoting a movie called Triple Tri Frontier. Yes. On Netflix. I watched it uh, yesterday, actually. Oh, give us a quick Oscar Meyer review. Um, It's a good movie. It doesn't go where you think it's going to go, but it's good. Cool. It's got Poe Dameron and the Mandalorian mm -hmm. in it. Yep. Um, and, and Ben Affleck. And Ben Affleck. Damn. Um, what's the basic premise? Uh, there is a drug lord who mm -hmm. doesn't trust banks, and he's got all his money holed up in one spot. So if you take the drug lord's money, he's probably got a shit ton of money. Oh, so you know, they're going heist. They're going to steal from the drug lord, right? Ben Affleck, Pedro Pascal, and Oscar Isaac. Yeah, yeah, all that whole crew. Yeah. Ah, uh, I'm gonna watch that tomorrow. Um. Anyway, he had a little bit of a quote about Episode Nine. This is what he had to say: "It is the end of the entire Skywalker saga." Nine stories. This is the culmination of the entire thing. What J.J. has done and the entire Lucasfilm team is going to be incredibly fulfilling. It's also special for us because you get to learn a lot more things about these characters. So, sort of just reiterating that end of the Skywalker saga talking point from like that initial casting announcement. I think that's right. where they sort of drop that term end of the I mean story. I I again I I guess that's knowledge but I, I again I just kind of already knew that does that make sense like oh no I mean not, it's something we've already uh, talked this about feeling that I've kind of figured like mm -hmm. yeah I mean like I said it's nothing new in fact it almost seems like you know since it was in that press release and we've heard it come up before Feels like that's kind of like been an approved talking point by like Lucasfilm or Disney, where they're like, "Hey, if they ask you about Episode Nine, just say, oh, it's it's the end of the Skywalker saga.' This is the nail talking point to drive home, right? Until it gets closer to the movie and they open the doors a little bit for like, you know, them to talk about. They're showing up on 
when they're out actually promoting Star Wars. Dude, okay. <laughs> I know, this isn't necessarily Star Wars related. Okay. D- does Mark Ruffalo really mess up in those interviews, or is that on purpose? Oh, the, him and Tom Holland doing the, like, Marvel well, spoilers? Tom, he was with Tom Holland, and he was with um, Don Cheadle one time. Yeah, I don't know. I and don't Don know Cheadle if was really like, look, you better, hey. Like Don Cheadle kind of like caught him and was like, you need to shut up. And then he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I need to. uh..." I don't know if. So I for some reason, if if you want my feeling on it, I think it was there were a couple of accidents at first, you know, like he did accidentally slip up and then it got such a big reaction and like it became sort of a joke about how he and Tom Holland are are bad about giving Marvel spoilers that now they just sort of manufacture that. I see. You know, in, in see. like sort of like a fun way to be like, oh, here's some like Marvel information. Canned ham kind of. Yeah. I think that might be what's I got going you. on. Okay. Because <laughs> they would crucify like someone in the Star Wars side of that for leaking, you know, something. And it's happened. I can remember twice <clears throat> that it's happened on big panels. So, and we talked about them both, like the Force Yeah, Awakens. I remember the Rogue One. Yeah, the Rogue One one, the actor who played Baze was like, and when he dies, talking about Churret, I was like, oh, poor buddy just dropped. And, and like, you, the look on people, like his castmates' face like, when he's, uh-oh. Uh, uh-oh. And like, then another uh-oh. one was uh, Donald Gleason uh, at the Force Awakens panel. He dropped uh, the term Starkiller base. Yeah. And was like, oh, was I allowed to say that? So. <laughs> um, if that was me, I'd immediately freak out and be like, just not say anything else for the rest of the interview. Just stare and at my shoes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> stare at my shoes. Exactly. And never look away. Like, Be like, uh, and Starkiller base. Oh, man, my bad. Record scratch. And then crickets. I feel so bad. That would be me. <laughs> oh, man. I feel so bad. Um, more episode nine stuff. Small stuff, though. Um, John Boyega. He posted a video on his Instagram this week of him receiving a package in the mail from J.J. Abrams. And one of the items he received is a red Stormtrooper helmet with like spider-man's web pattern on it it looks pretty sick it does look pretty sick um and you know there's all these rumors going around about red troopers some type of red trooper in episode nine so naturally that got people wondering like oh is that sort of a redone red trooper is that why he was given that red mask was you see what like See the connection I'm trying to make here? Right. And other people have been making. Obviously, the helmets in the <clears throat> the movie aren't going to have a Spider-Man pattern on them, but did they take one of those red Stormtrooper helmets and just repurpose it by slapping right. that design on it? I mean, you would think that would make it real easy. Yeah, I mean, it, it also makes sense. Um. Yeah. There's not a red trooper in resistance, is there? There is. 
Major there is. Von Rig. He's not a he doesn't have like a stormtrooper helmet. He's got like a flight mask. He's the guy that flies around the red TIE fighter. Yeah, the red TIE fighter. He hasn't shown up in a couple of episodes. I think maybe He was out in space hassling them. Uh, yeah, from the, what I remember. In the very first episode, and then I think in the the core problem where they're yeah. flying around looking at like the bombed out and depleted planets. I think he's involved in that episode too. Might have been the last time he showed up. You want to talk about resistance? Yeah, I do. Uh, spoiler warnings for anybody that hasn't seen uh, the part one finale of season one. Yeah. Because we're about to talk about that and talk about some very spoilery stuff. Indeed. So give us mm, five, ten minutes uh, and we'll jump ahead. Yeah. I shouldn't take more than five minutes, I don't think. But um, So, yeah. We're at the season one finale already. It seems like it went by quick. It um, did. It seems like it did. But we've. It, there's been so many good episodes in there, and it kind of hit its stride. You know, I a couple episodes in, and really hasn't let go since. I, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like the sort of overall storyline of season one. Uh, obviously, there's still an episode to go, but been pretty strong and there's been some like interesting character developments there's plenty of characters that i i would still like to know more about you know some of the aces and stuff but of course uh as far as like the core family of characters goes i feel like it's been pretty strong in that regard and damn if they didn't really go there in this episode like <clears throat> it was pretty cool like uh you know we knew at some point, we we're going to see General Hux's speech from Tar- Star Killer Base, right? Um, because it was in the trailer, but we just didn't know when and and like exactly how it would go down. And it's pretty powerful when it does. It's very powerful when it does. It's almost like you know you can't really convey the horror and the sadness from Kaz because it is a kid show, right? And but they do. I thought they did a good job of like. I- reminding the audience you know towards the beginning of the show that was his home planet yeah and that's where his family is and like his dad is a senator and all this stuff so like carried a lot of weight regardless yeah for sure and and like and it's really evil that those guys were cheering the destruction of an entire planet you know how would you feel if somebody you know some group of stormtroopers was cheering as you watched earth be exploded oh no dude it's fucked up i mean it's fucked up in the force awakens and there's like a billion of them cheering right. it, you know um yeah it was it was pretty crazy i i feel like they kaz is pretty slick yeah he's, he's what he's in that episode like it ends sadly but he is slick throughout that whole episode yeah it's it's cool to see him like executing a plan and like putting shit together i like the fight between the first order droid and bb b what how am i forgetting i don't think it's bb it's 23 right yeah B-B. what's that i guess it's yeah i can't remember that droid is it name. cb cb 23 jackpot yeah when she and the uh the uh first order droid are fighting it i, I thought fighting it out i kind of like that yeah, right. I I was so ready for him to get his. Yeah, dude. 
fuck that snitch droid. Oh, God. And I'm telling you, Tam is still getting on my nerves, dude. It's looking like she's going to be a First Order spy or something, an operative. I don't know about a spy, but... Okay, so my question going forward with Tam is... Is she going to find out about the destruction of Hosnian Prime? Is that and is that going to turn her? Like, is that going to? You would think it would have to if her would like you know, make her realize how if bad. her moral compass stays true. Right, and we've been given no indication of why she would be the type that would be like, yeah, fuck Hosnian Prime and all those innocent people. And so, a whole planets of you know systems of like, innocent like five people. Or five, five people, five planets. So, five people. So if she, if she does find out about it, is the First Order going to try and spin it in some way that like puts them in a better light? Like, could they be like, oh, it was, it's what we had to do was self defense. They were gonna, or something. Maybe just, they'll have their objective. Maybe they'll have Kaz by then, and it won't matter. They'll right. be like, oh, it doesn't matter. We got what we wanted. Um, or are they going to do the route where she leaves and becomes a first order pilot? Cause that's kind of what they're like, the carrot on the stick her. for her. That's the package they're trying to sell. And then will she show up and be like a first order pilot against them in like next season or something? I can't really see them going that way. So I really hope it would be emotionally heavy if it was probably the smartest investment. I would admit if she falls to the first order, becomes a pilot, and comes back as a nemesis, who eventually, you know, tangles, excuse me, tangles with or turns back around, you know, that would be a cool character arc. Yeah, I just don't know that they'll do that. But they could. I mean, they definitely left the idea on the table. I feel like they set up her space within the crew pretty solidly. Mm-hmm. And they're playing with it now, but I think she, you know, I think she's still part of the crew. I do too. Um, I also think, you know, we were talking about, I don't know, last week or the week before, if we thought season two would um, still be on the Colossus or not. And after seeing the hyperdrive, like they very clearly showed off the hyperdrive and they're like, oh, look, it's a hyperdrive. It's a ship. The Colossus is a ship. It's, or well. it's like a, a space station. I think the Colossus is going to be mobile next season. You think so? I think it's going to blast off into fucking hyperspace at the end of next episode. And there'll be like a mobile space station for the resistance. And then that would still allow you to have like, <clears throat> I, I just, I, yeah, like I, you know, I guess it really depends on if after next, after this season, if the Colossus is still like, just an all-purpose, not affiliated with the Resistance location, or if Doza's like, nah, man, we're we're gonna help out the Resistance. I don't know, but I I think that is gonna be what happens. Is I think the Colossus is either either gonna move locations and hang out on another planet, or it's gonna be like a fucking a, a in space, big old space station. And I like the idea of that. I think that's cool too. That's pretty neat, the thought of it. The Colossus in space. Yeah. I'm, you know me, I'm a sucker for a space race. Yeah, man. <clears throat> I'm excited to see how it all wraps up. We've only got um, like three days 
until the the finale airs, and then it'll just be um, the wait till next season. You know, what I, if the hyperdrive is the truth bomb that they sit on? What do you mean? What if they? What if they? What if it doesn't go anywhere? What if it stays on the water planet? Oh, and they just sort of like the hyperdrive doesn't come into like season three or something. Oh, like I got that. you. They could do that. They could stretch it out. It just seemed awfully. Uh, right, it's you know awfully obvious not to come in into use in the finale in some way. Right, because like the same way that they they brought up the whole Kaz is from Hosnian Prime and all that stuff, like how they reintroduced yeah. that to you know the audience, like brought it back up. It seems like the hyperdrive was one of those things too, where they brought it up for it to pay off and sooner rather than later but you may be right that may be one of those things that like maybe a season down the road you're like oh yeah it does have a hyperdrive and they're about to use that shit I feel like they did the in cartoons a lot when we were young yeah set up something like that for a payoff yeah. later yeah down the road but that doesn't mean it's a good idea I'm just I was just throwing spitball in there I don't think it's a bad idea. If it, if done right, I bet yeah. it's a good idea. Um, yeah, you know I, what I was thinking about with Resistance today and like the future of Resistance is like, so episode eight takes place, you know, very shortly after episode seven. So by next season, presumably, we're going to be in episode eight territory, like timeline wise. And then, depending on how long a period episode eight takes place over, we don't really know. Like, right. It's it's kind of like nebulous like that in all the Star Wars movies. I couldn't tell you how many days, weeks, or months any of them take place over. Um, but I would think that that span of time like would not fill up a whole season. So eventually, I think we're going to have to get into the period between episode eight and nine, which is totally fine because by the time we would get there in resistance, episode nine is already going to be out. You got to assume season two of resistance isn't going to premiere until like October ish next year. Right. I think that's when it started this year or this past year. So what I'm saying is we could get to a part point in resistance where some more characters from the sequel trilogy that we're familiar with start showing up in the space between episode eight and nine. For instance, like who's to say they don't run into Finn, uh, you know, uh, or Ray or Chewie or, or, or Rose or Rose or any of them. They could run into any of those characters you know what I, I would imagine it won't happen until episode nine is done and then you know maybe towards the end of uh season two or somewhere in the middle they'll move into that period but i think it opens up some neat stuff they could do in the next couple of seasons as well once episode nine is is out and they don't have to worry about like stepping on its toes by including those characters or having them do something. You know what I mean? Like that's always right. the risk the animated shows run like and why they don't do stuff like that. Well, 
honestly, with Rebels, it wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense because they're so far removed in the timeline. <clears throat> I'm excited to see what they reveal about the next season of Resistance at uh, Celebration this year because it's going to have its own panel. That'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, hopefully there's a trailer. I'd, I'd imagine there would be because I think... I know for a fact they showed the trailer for the last season of Rebels at the celebration that took place before it started airing. And I can't imagine they wouldn't do that here. You know? It just seems like a no-brainer. I mean, they could not, but... Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of cool shit to see at Celebration. It seems pretty jam-packed, and I almost wonder, like what's going to be the thing that sort of like doesn't get the normal amount of attention it would get if it wasn't released among all this big shit, you know, like, because just possibly we have episode nine trailer. We have Mandalorian information or footage, uh, star Wars resistance trailer, some sort of Clone Wars sneak peek of the last season. Um, and then you get into stuff like, will they announce another Disney streaming service show? Will it be Obi-Wan? Will they announce that? Like, There's so much stuff that could possibly get announced that I, I think something's going to... It'll probably be Resistance that doesn't get like a whole lot of attention compared to everything else. Unfortunately, yeah. but understandable. Oh, yeah, also understandable. <coughs> All right, buddy. You want to do some emails and some voice messages? Sure thing. Did you have anything to add on resistance before we move no, on? No, no, no. I think we covered all my points. All right, buddy. I'm excited to see how that resolves itself. Mm-hmm. assume you couldn't hear that none of it yeah Yeah. all all dead man i gotta figure that out all right so uh, first up we've got a voicemail from rural farm boy it's been a couple of weeks since we've heard from him let's hear what he has to say how do eyes and will it's anthony rural farm boy in that twitterverse just home from work this eve finished rolling my cigarettes was thinking sitting here listening to the blockade runner podcast when it occurred to me that i ain't sent the boys a message 
and I best get on that. So here it is. Not nearly a lot of news, except in the way of celebration announcements and such. And even though I ain't going, I know lots of my friends is. And I'm excited for all the Ian's for that, what all they've been telling. Though I will be at a local convention just outside of Pittsburgh up here. And I'll be sitting with T.J. Bowser from Dewback Discussions. I know he's a Blue Harvest <coughs> And Jared, his co-host. Yeah, we'll be watching that live stream while we're all carrying on, watching Yun's all carry on. Oh, let's see. Aside from that, uh, maybe you've seen, might have noticed in that Twitterverse, I'm trying in some small ways to bring lots of my Star Wars friends together because of the shows that all Ian's do. You heard me tell you that when I sent the message to Johnny on Rogue One. Um, got a couple fellas that I could call brand new friends. Uh, and if you're hankering for maybe listening to a new show that you might not have come across, I know at least one, if not both of them, and I'm talking about Pete. And Josh from Jam Transmissions. I- oh. Oh, man. Right in the middle. Here we go. Peter's definitely a Blue Harvest listener, and he's going to be laughing his ass off while he's hearing me talking about this. Because I done got him hooked on that same thing, how I listen to the Blue Harvest every Saturday morning. Yeah, well, ain't just me eat sausage, gravy, and biscuits, drink black coffee, listen to Blue Harvest. Because Peter does now, too. And maybe so Johnny Orm. And Johnny, I know you're listening too. And if you, aren't, you ain't maybe sure who Johnny is, maybe you are. He's my my Star Wars life debt. So maybe after some time you get to talk with Ben Hart, I think it would be a good goddamn lot of fun. Fuck yeah. I like that description. Might want to consider talking with Pete and or Josh because their show's so damn much fun. And they're just a little piece up north, up north of you. Kind of in between Yun's two, Haas and Will, and me up here. Yeah, they're in Kentucky. Just want my friends to be all together. Because everybody's having fun in their own little spaces. But, and Peter knows where I'm coming from when I says this. If we're all in this fandom together, then let's all be in this fandom together. Oh, and maybe Haas and Will. Yin's got the visual dictionaries, and if and you do, which might you find yourself kind of going to and poking through most often? All right, enough rural farm boy bullshit. <laughs> Looking forward to the show on Saturday. So until then, may the force be with each of you. See you on the radio. How dare you, sir? I'm standing up right now to emphasize this. How dare you refer to it as Royal Farm Boy bullshit. Not in this house. We're a house of learned farm boys. This is a house of learned doctors. (laughs) I'll definitely check out. 
jammed transmissions is that i feel real bad his message cut off right in the middle i think it was jammed transmissions i'm familiar with the do back discussion and uh of course our buddy johnny from uh star wars life dad he writes in sometimes um yeah dude look i'm down to talk with anybody about star wars i just like i said i get anxious about asking people on We've got a couple of guests lined up. I am terrible at getting it scheduled. I want to get them both um, on the show before celebration. So that gives me a, a definite timeline to do that. It does. Um, man, Royal Farm Boy is a connoisseur of Star Wars podcasts. This he dude, listens to a, a variety. I believe our buddy Steel Saunders uh, described him recently on uh, one of his solo shows as a champ. And he is. You know how some people have like cigar humidors with like fancy cigars laid out or, or like a wine cellar with like. All right. Yeah. I'm hundreds. following. Royal Farm Boy has a podcast cellar and instead of bottles on, on like those racks Serves like servers it's it's iPods, ipods lined up with e oh i'm i think i'll experience a little jam transmission uh vintage nine 2019 the old ipod the brick with the scroll wheel oh dude i loved my old ipod with right the Wasn't, brick with this great i had yeah. like you know one of the color ones that you could watch like if you really wanted to, you could watch movies and or like video on it. Um, mm -hmm. But it was still that big chunky scroll wheel one. I actually watched uh, an episode of the fourth season of Lost on that thing when I was on vacation one year because it was while Lost was on. And also had all the Star Wars movies loaded on it. It was, it was a good iPods. time. Yeah. Yeah. Our yeah. kids will never know. No, man. And like, <laughs> just kidding. I'm not joking. Like, I still have that iPod. I may have finally thrown it out because it stopped working. But like, I always had that, that hope that one day, like, well, I'm going to plug it in and charge it and it's going to magically work. And then there's going to be all those thousands of songs I had loaded on there. Yep. I know what you mean. And then, I had a sick little mini one. It was like, uh, you know, the old school Apple charger for iPhones and iPods. And, mm -hmm. like, once they phased that out, I didn't have a charger for it anymore. So, like, literally, I'm holding on to this dead electronic brick for no reason. So, if I haven't thrown it out Nostalgia. yet, I think I just Marie Kondo talked myself into throwing it out. Yeah, right? If it doesn't spark joy. It sparked I so could... much joy. That's how I first listened to podcasts was loading them on that thing one by one. Come home and download them on iTunes and move them over to the iPod. When it was downloading, it was like chunk, 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 chunk. Yeah. Okay, so now we've got a voicemail from Jim. Halls and Will, the early birds. Um, I'm not sure the reason why you released the episode early last week, but it was awesome because. Uh, um, I had a very long week and came home Friday and got to listen to my boys. So 
appreciate that. I'm sure it's, there's an extenuating circumstance. But right to it, right to Star Wars. Uh, I looked up the Emperor's cane, and there's original footage of him with it, not just with the toy. But it looks like a big kyber crystal. Uh, that'd be cool if they dug it out of Jeddah and shaped it up a little bit for him. Um, anyway, Luke died from force exhaustion, I guess. And if you survive overuse, uh, maybe you look like Snoke. Or maybe he was a victim of a squeezing attack. But you know, he, he, in The Force Awakens, it seemed like he had been burned, maybe. But in The Last Jedi, the wounds look different. Uh, it looks like he's a victim of a Force attack. Dude, I, uh, uh, I only have 15 episodes left of Rogue One, a podcast for winners. That means I've heard Halls talk more than I've heard my wife speak in the last year. Uh, <laughs> so we're kind of married, bro. And uh, I don't even know what you look like. <laughs> Mick Foley. You guys got to send me your favorite <laughs> first impression picture <laughs> of Votia. And uh, I'll look at you with my own, uh, look on you with my own eyes uh, live on your live recording on your 200th episode. And uh, I know you'll be tempted to fuck with me and send a picture of Will Wheaton with some bearded guy in a wheelchair. But please don't. Oh. <laughs> Ignite the green. I'm, no, I'm just telling you, I look like Mick Foley without the charisma and the talent, and I've got all my teeth. He's got the sock on his hand and everything. And my ears are both fully attached still, you know, like... Uh, They're not bitten off. Will... I'm trying to think of someone who Will looks like. I look like the guy from uh, Impractical Jokers. Brian Quinn. I say that all the time that you look like Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers. I do. Especially if he had longer hair. And like Yeah. So or Hurley from Lost. I get that one a lot. I don't see that, man. You like Hurley's a real big fella. And you well, guys I, have I'm just telling you the celebrity that people tell me. Uh you both have way different like hair type you know what I mean? We got similar personalities. That's probably why I like you so much, buddy. Or may, <laughs> actually, it, it probably goes the other way around. Is that's why I like Hurley so much? Because I knew you before I knew who Hurley was. We're <laughs> just chill bros. Um. Yeah, I would say. And you know what's funny is when Jesse and I first got together, I I was like, you know who people always tell me about that I look like, especially if my hair starts getting longer, is Mick Foley. And she was like, I don't see it. And it's like, it happens a good bit. And then probably five times since we've been together, someone has told me in front of Jesse, you know who you remind me of? And I'm like, Mick Foley. And they're like, yep, yep, mankind. You look like mankind. <laughs> you look like mankind. And I think three of those five times have been a the the people that bring your food at a Sonic drive-in. I get that at at Sonic drive-in a lot. Or people from Wetonka. Wetonka, you look like Mick Foley. So spelled Wetumpka. But but for one guy that I knew, but pronounced Wetonka pronounced like we tonka we tonka that guy man that guy 
All right. So we got some emails. Uh, first up, we've got our buddy Steven. Hey, guys. I was watching episode two last night, and at the beginning, when Padme comes in with the Loyalist Committee and asks who is trying to kill her, May says that their intelligence points to disgruntled miners from a moon of Naboo. My brain went on a crazy tangent, wondering where this intelligence came from. Did Django set up the false intelligence? Did the spice miner see an opening and claim the attack even though they had nothing to do with it? Who was it that got the intelligence so wrong? Was it a Jedi or some Republic military officer? It must have been... Hmm? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. It must have been pretty convincing evidence to make your boy Kia D not even give pause to telling Padme she was wrong and it couldn't be Dooku. Hey, we don't talk about that much. Like, we don't, that's like that family secret we don't bring up is how wrong Kia D was about that. All right. You don't have to throw that in his face. Like, yes. Yes, he was wrong. He was wrong. Everybody makes mistakes. Okay. Even Kia D. Mundy. He paid for it. Okay. Oh boy, he paid did he pay for it. for it. All his homies shot him down. He's, okay, uh, isn't Majito. Isn't Sheev senator of Naboo at this point? No, he's he's chancellor at this point. Is he chancellor? Yeah, he he's he's uh Well, I mean elected. that could have easily been orchestrated by Sheev is all I right. kept thinking. I know this is one of those ridiculous thoughts. It is mostly a throwaway line that re- that's result has little to no effect on the plot as a whole. And regardless of the answer, things wouldn't change. That being said, let's pretend Lucasfilm announced a limited series of one shot, 30 minute episodes where each one dedicated to digging deeper into a seemingly random event or person throughout the saga. Who are the disgruntled miners saga? Who or what would be the most random thing from throughout the saga you would want to find out more about and I'm not talking major secrets of the Force or background or major characters. I'm thinking about the things that if you were to bring them up around people that wouldn't attend Celebration, they would give you a blank stare well wondering what you were talking about. Also, there's been a lot of talk about Episode Nine cameos from the original trilogy, Rebels, and Resistance. Who would be your dream Episode Nine cameo of a prequel character? It cannot be anyone that appeared in... It can be anyone... That appeared in episode one through three, but not four through six. I know there aren't a lot of options given the amount of time, amount of them that died, and that it is fifty to sixty-five years later. But there's got to be someone that could have made it long enough that you'd love to see pop up. Hope this isn't too long. Thank you for your amazing show each week, Steve. Ooh, okay. Let's do the prequel character first, dude. Okay. Mine is okay. Can I paint the mental picture for you? Go right ahead. So, let's say we're about an hour 45 into episode 9. And the shit has officially hit the fan. We're talking big final battle. You know what I mean? Like X-Wings and TIE Fighters and and Y-Wings and throw a fucking U-Wing in there flying around. Anybody that's got a ship is fighting. Yeah, man. It is all out war. There's crazy force stuff going on between Ray and Kylo. You know, you and you're like, what is going to happen? And it looks like the good guys are down, dude. Like, it looks like all hope is lost for our heroes. And then you start hearing, like, imagine the sound of General Grievous walking. 
but slower and like more determined. Real heavy metal footsteps. And the camera pans to the side, and what do you see? But an ungodly amalgamation of man and machine. Mostly machine. 90% machine. From the neck down, machine. But from the neck up, Kia D. Mundi. And no. he's brandishing six lightsabers. Oh my goodness. We come, we become what we fear most, I guess. <laughs> uh, who would you like to see from the prequels? If, if we're talking just movies, I can't say Ahsoka. Ahsoka would be my choice. But if we're saying just prequel movies, uh, uh, how about Dax from the diner? Okay. With his Camino and Saber Saber dart. What's um? So let's say Disney Plus announces a Star Wars anthology series that each episode just digs deeper into something most would consider a more mundane aspect of Star Wars. What would you want to see? Hmm. I would want to see a day in the life of a technician that's got to repair all the things that people mess up, like on chase scenes or so like <laughs> power couplings that are tripped. This poor son of a bitch gets called, you know, out of bed to go restore the power couplink or, you know, things that get exploded or messed up, you know, whatever, whoever has to fix that poor fucking computer console that Kylo freaks out and destroys the yeah. panels, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A okay. day in the life of the, yeah, yes, precisely. Precisely. I want, I want there to be an episode of this show that details in detail from the earliest moment possible till his most tragic moment, the life and times of Kleeg Skywalker. Kleeg. Well, his name's Klee not Klee Lars. Klee, Klee Lars. Klee Skywalker. Klee Lars. <clears throat> I want to see the mission. I want to see, like, Ocean's Eleven style, the mission to go recover Shmi and how he lost his damn foot. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, show us uh, Klee glow, growing up, moisture farmer on Tatooine, looking for love. One day he goes into Mos Espa. To pick up some moisture farming supplies. Pick who up does, some moisture. Something. And who does he Grapes. run into? But Shmi Skywalker. Shmi. Love at first Love sight. Love at first sight. And he's like, oh, she's a slave. Yeah, and just go through the whole thing. And yeah, the, the it can end with uh, him losing his leg. He gets his balling-ass hover chair. And then he's hanging out and he's like, oh, man. What do I do? And he gets word like, someone's like my here. wife. My wife. I must get my wife. Someone's here. And who Anakin is it? Anakin shows up. Anakin Skywalker. Credits. All right. <laughs> uh, scream. Like, uh, uh, sand people scream. Credits. Yeah, but like more horrifying than that. Right. <laughs> Here's uh, one from our buddy... 
Jacoby. Hello there, Halls and Well, or should I say Buddy One and Buddy Two. Jacoby here again. First off, thanks for the great podcast week after week. It's something I look forward to just as much as new weekly episodes of Resistance. Speaking of, what a great episode on Sunday. I loved seeing the Starkiller speech from Kaz's point of view. It now gives the destruction of the Hosnium system a more weight more weight and meaning, especially paired with what we learned of Hosnian Prime in the novel Bloodline. I'm super excited to see what this season finale will shape up to look like. So this week I've got kind of a weird question. Several weeks ago I was sitting around a campfire with a couple of buddies of mine talking Star Wars. We started talking about the ridiculous BS theories that are peddled as facts on YouTube, just for the monetization and clicks. I don't want to focus on that ugly side of the fandom in YouTube, I just get upset thinking about it. After talking for a while, we started discussing our own fan theories. I'd like to share my own with you two, get your thoughts on it, then follow up with a question. I never, I need to emphasize that I never ever thought this was ever going to happen or be part of the theory. I was just having fun with my friends playing in the what if realm. Here's my Ray theory. 20 years or so before The Force Awakens, Luke is in a deep meditation and begins to communicate with the midichlorians. Through his mastery of the Force, he creates life. This realization causes him to panic for a moment because he has created his, this life through the living Force, but has nowhere to place this life to grow. In his desperation and panic, he places this life inside the only place he knows and trusts, the, the womb of a Force-sensitive woman he trusts with his life. His own sister, Leia. No, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Immediately <laughs> after he breaks his meditation and realizes what he has done, Luke is filmed with shame and guilt. He confronts Leia and tells her what he has done, and to his shame, he exiles himself to Octu as a form of penance for the sin he has committed. Nine, nine months later, the girl Ray is born. Han and Leia try, but the truth of Ray's origin is too much for them to bear. Oh my god. They decide to leave her in the hands of a junk dealer on Jakku. You know what this this is like a Japanese samurai like movie or something. I don't know. Along with an old friend, Laura Santeca. And the look on Luke's face at the end of Force Awakens not only expresses his dread of having all the memories tied to that lightsaber being handed back to him, but also the extreme shame of his violation of the violation he unintentionally committed and in a panic laid upon his sister all those years ago, staring him right in the face. Now again, I need to emphasize, I never believed this was true. It was just a goofy fan theory I came up. If David Fincher was writing and directing, this may be more of a possibility, but it's not. I just figured if some lame sweaty dudes making YouTube videos can peddle BS and make an actual profit off their nonsense, why can't I sit around, sit around a campfire with my buddies and harmlessly play what if? So what are your thoughts on my ridiculous Ray theory? Do you two have any crazy theories about anything in Star Wars that you know aren't ever going to be true, but you had fun thinking about it? Keep on keeping on, fellas. Blue Harvest friends and family, be good to yourselves and be good to your each other, your friend, Jacoby. Ooh, that's oh, a lot boy. Of, oh, boy, that is a lot oh, to boy. unpack. I'm still stuck. I don't know that I can get past the fact of him accidentally creating a life and sticking in his sister. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't swallow it. I get it. The rest of it fits. 
that pill is tough to swallow. I mean, it's incredibly dark. Incredibly. And it literally, like, and I hope Jacoby knows, like, this is, he did ask what we thought. Like, that set of circumstances, like, one of the complaints that you hear when people want to bitch. There's just so much silence. You hear the silence, right? <laughs> There's so much silence. I just wanted everyone to be aware of that. Uh, one of the complaints you hear a lot of times when people want to bitch about the sequel trilogy is like, it, they feel like it doesn't paint the original trilogy characters in a great light. Right. Holy shit does that theory paint all three of them in a bad light. Right. Like that has always been one of my biggest things about why Ray not being a Skywalker or a solo makes the most sense to me is because unless she was kidnapped and was presumed dead by like Luke or Leia and Han. That makes our heroes terrible people. Right. That just dropped her off on a sand planet. Like this is not, this is not the same thing as like Obi-Wan taking Luke to the Larses and staying yeah. to watch over him. This is and literally... Uncle Lars is a little gruff with him. Right, like, right. We're talking about a girl that was left with a a fat junk lord, basically. Not that him being fat has anything to do with it, but he just seems greedy. He's the one giving out food, but he's clearly eating just fine. It makes him, you know, seem to lot to them. I want to know what they were burning in that campfire. The campfire. He said they were sitting around a campfire when he came up with this theory. Oh, like, right. What were they using as, as fuel for the fire? Did Sounds ca- like styrofoam. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was wondering, like, did you guys you find any, those any weird yeah. mushrooms? And we're just like, throw them Giant on there and see what happens. bag of plastic bottles I've been waiting to burn. Let's all huddle in the garage and close the door. Oh, my goodness. Um, next up, we got an email from our buddy Joshua. Hey, Halls and Will. Well, buddies, the shit has hit the fan on resistance this past episode. No escape, part one. I was sitting at a subway on my lunch break watching the awesome episode, and spoilers, when they finally tied in episode seven, I struggled to hold it together. I liked how they did it, but what do y'all think? Hope you're caught up. Hope you had a great week, and may the force be with you, Billy Bob. Well, buddy, we just... We just Actually, covered kind we of, kind of covered all that, but I appreciate you writing in about it. Yeah, I like hearing people's resistance reactions because I don't. I mean, I was about to say I don't see a lot of it, but really, it's it seems like it's pretty prevalent on Twitter and stuff, like people talking about resistance, and then because of the way it's it's released, like. A lot of times the Disney Now app, it's just available on Sunday morning to watch the new episode. And then for people that don't have access to that app and are just watching it as it airs on Disney XD, they have to wait till Sunday night. And then people that buy like the season pass or whatever on Amazon or or Apple video or whatever. Uh, from what I understand, sometimes that doesn't hit until the day after. So Monday, 
So like there's like a gamut of different times that people get access to the episode and it seems like the past few Sundays there's been people being like come on guys we don't have access like everybody doesn't have access to the episodes this early y'all aren't great at hiding these spoilers chill out damn <coughs> all right we got one more this is from our buddy Utah Dougie. Uh, hey, I don't know if you got those rap raccoon clips to work, but they were adorable. Oh, so this is an update. You remember last week I was telling you our buddy Dougie sent me a link on Twitter and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this. And right, right. It just turned out to be a link to somebody's profile, like mm-hmm. some lady's profile. And I was like, oh, I don't know what this is all about. He sent me the wrong link. And he sent me the correct one this week. And it is premium A-grade raccoon video. Oh, no. It's these two big raccoons laying on their back in, like, chairs, eating snacks off their belly. With their oh, that's hands. cute. Yeah, real cute. Sitting next to each other. And occasionally one will reach over to the other one's belly and grab a snack for itself. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, do you think the force could send Luke back like Gandalf the White came back in Lord of the Rings Dougie hmm I guess if it was the will of the force and there was no one to carry on I can see that happening actually but you know Luke passed on what he learned for the most part yeah um I don't know, man. Like in like Lord of the Rings, there was no, you know, there was no pure Maiar left. You know, like Radagast kind of lost his mind a little bit. The blue wizards were whoever the fuck knows and Sauron was in league with Sauron. Right. Um see the thing is my the main reason I don't know that they're going to do something like that is don't get the impression that Mark Hamill was on set a ton for episode. Oh, I don't feel like that's what happened. I just was entertaining the possibility of the idea. Like, I don't think that was filmed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just looking at it from like a, a practical standpoint of whether I think that's a possibility. Um, but I mean, like, in they, you think I, he probably comes back as a force ghost, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And may look tangible because, and I'll think, I'll say that's reasonable because of how he force projected when he was alive. Right. But so what I'm saying, I think force like, will bring him back. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be a force ghost. I think he'll show up. Obviously more than he was in episode seven, because you can't get less than that, and less than he was in episode nine, eight, as far as actual screen time goes. Um, you know, a couple, two or three really good Luke scenes, Force Ghost scenes, maybe even at most, if we're lucky. Um, the thing I always go back to when people talk about this concept, though, is in Return of the Jedi's, one of the first drafts of Return of the Jedi, 
During the final duel with the Emperor and Darth Vader, Obi-Wan <coughs> and Yoda were going to come back and help Luke in that final battle. It's very Harry Potter. Yeah, and Lord of the Ring. It's very myth- mythological. Mythological, yeah. So, you know, it's not a concept that hasn't been toyed around with at one point in Star Wars. And, you know, could they circle back around to that concept and decide to do it? I could see him doing that. But even if he did come back, like, if somehow Luke was be able to become whole again and participate in some important moment, I don't think it would be permanent. Like, it's not like it would just be like, okay, and, and Luke's back. I think he would probably... He just came back for the Budokai. You know, right. like, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's back go. to fight in the tournament. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. And then I right mean, back to heaven with you. I would love, you know, at this point, it's such a wait and see game. We know so little about episode nine. And, you know, Mark Hamill was filming that Night's Fall show. I think that's what it's called. It was like a history channel, like medieval night show. That he's part of the second season. He's filming that. Nightfall? I guess so. Um, He was filming that in Prague. And going like from there to London to do episode 9 stuff. Like, I'm not trying to talk shit, but it is hard to get into that Nightfall. Is it? Like, I don't know that he's even, like any of his episodes have aired yet. I think he's in the second season, which hasn't started yet. Have you, um, have you ever watched The Last Kingdom? Uh uh-uh. uh. That is not hard to get into. That's a great show. Okay. I'll check it out. What's what in the same that vein? That's uh Netflix. Okay. See, now it's I'm even more likely to check it out. That's easy. Yeah, the Last to do. Kingdom kicks ass. Utred, son of Utred. Well, buddy, I think that does it for us this, this week. Yeah. I think I'm going to uh it was light, light on the Star Wars, unfortunately. I mean, just from a news standpoint, we had some excellent... Right, right. I mean, we had some excellent conversation, don't yeah. you know? Um, <clears throat> I may go pop in the Division 2, start that download. Oh, did you get that? Yeah, I picked it up. I think I'm going to wait until Jesse and I are done with Anthem before picking up the Division 2, because they're such similar games. Yeah. That and I'm really still enjoying Anthem. I know I'm oh, taking yeah. I'm taking it a lot slower than everybody else that's been playing. Um but I'm still enjoying it. So I think once we burn out on Anthem two, I might pick up Division Two. And that way it gives it a little time to maybe get any bugs and stuff worked out or My enjoyment of Anthem was kind of what made me pick up the Division Two. Yeah, you know, I played through that was played the, through the anthem story, and I was like, oh, I, I can, I can do some more of this." I, that's honestly, that's what even has me interested in Division Two is because I'm enjoying Anthem, and it's the same type of game, but it's like the second iterations. Because I tell yeah, you, I enjoyed the Division when it came out. I enjoyed the hell out of it, honestly. I enjoyed it for a very short amount of time. It was one of the quicker games I got burnt out on. Um. And honestly, it's probably because I played too much of it too quickly. Like, yeah. And it's probably why I'm still enjoying Anthem is I haven't 
rushed through it and gotten to the real super grindy parts yet, you know? Right. We'll see how it goes once I get up to there. Yeah, but yeah, it was just yesterday I was telling Jesse that once we get sort of tired of Anthem, I'll probably pick us up Division 2 and we'll jump on and play that because I enjoy those co-op games, man. Looter shooters. Yeah, I like getting the gear and being able to do co-op stuff with my friends. and Absolutely. It's a lot more enjoyable to me than um, some of the competitive stuff. Just because I always feel like in the competitive stuff, whether it's like PUBG or Apex, I'm like the weak link in the chain. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then I know the feeling. And then like I'm like, they probably would have won this round if I wasn't bringing the whole operation down. But then on like a game like Anthem or Division or Destiny, I can, for the most part, hold my own pretty well and contribute to a group, and we don't have to Apex, worry about. Apex really makes me feel like that. Something about the like the demanding nature of a three-man squad. Like I'm like, oh, that's too much pressure. Yeah, I hear you. I I still don't play that unless I have someone else to play with. Right. Neither do I. Yeah. Well, all right, buddy. Thanks for recording with me this week. Absolutely. Thank you. If you guys like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't done so yet. It helps us out a lot. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. For Blue Harvest, I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.